we had three different businesses going on at, at once. Golf Raid, which was bringing in most of the revenue. We had Fit Aid and Party Aid, which we launched at pretty much the same time. So we had these three different websites, three different social media oh, wow. accounts. Yeah, yeah. We were keeping them separate for a reason because a golfer isn't a burner, isn't a CrossFitter, right? Welcome to the Glam and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Takara Suet, head of partnerships at Wavebreak. On this show, we talk with leaders of beauty, fashion, and lifestyle brands. We dive into their stories, lessons learned, and perspectives on how the industry is ever evolving. Subscribe and join us each week as we glam and grow. This episode is brought to you by Wavebreak. Most brands don't email right and it costs them. With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call. Joining me today on the show is Aaron Hind, co-founder and president of LifeAid. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thanks for having me. So for those who are not familiar with LifeAid, tell me how it all started. Oh man, it's a 10-year overnight success. Uh, I always <laughs> say it started out of uh, really ignorance and passion. Neither my business partner, Orion, or I had any experience in the beverage industry or in the healthy beverage space. And uh you know, I was a sports chiropractor at the time here in Santa Cruz. He was a certified financial planner. And we had this crazy idea of, uh, you know, creating clean, healthy, functional drinks that the need wasn't being met in the marketplace. I was seeing a lot of athletes coming into my office with the typical energy drinks and sports drinks, and they're chock full of sugar, or artificial sweeteners like sucralose and aspartame, and a lot of chemicals in there. And they'd always say, well, Doc, what would you have me drink? You know, there's nothing, uh, there's no good options out there. I drink a ton of water already. And so I'd be giving them these little home concoctions to make and that type of thing. And we thought, you know, why not create something that had uh, the health benefits of some of the emerging categories at the time, 10 years ago, you know, you just had coconut water and kombucha hitting the scene, but they were very acquired flavor profiles, kind of too hippy dippy for a lot of mainstream consumers. And then you had the energy drinks on fire, but you didn't have anything in between. You didn't have anything that had that cool, sexy hip factor that the energy drinks brought to the table that had the help, but uh, that was combined with some of the health benefits of uh, some of the emerging brands. Yeah. So you have this idea. So sort of what's, what's step one? Well, actually, it was on Orion's birthday in 2011, January of 2011. We had a few glasses of wine and... Uh, <laughs> got behind the computer and we were riffing off of this idea, which started out as a more of a supplement company in pill form. And then we thought, you know, supplements in pill form were the way to go. Uh, no dose, which was big when I was in high school, would be this, you know, massive company today and Red Bull wouldn't be what it is. Well, the exact opposite is true, obviously. No dose, I don't even think's around anymore. And, uh, and so we started thinking, well, gosh, if we were putting this in a drink form, what would that look like? And this whole idea of life aid came around and the original concept was around party aid because we're both burners and, you know, take various supplements when we're out on the playa for a week. And, and then we both met in a CrossFit gym. So we thought of fit aid. And so we got behind the computer, registered 80 domain names in one night. We even got bonerade.com for $11. So whoever <laughs> thought all the good domains are already taken was mistaken. Sure. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. So talk to me about formulations. I mean, the thing you definitely seem like you were my, some of my coworkers hate when I say like right place, right time. But in terms of like the beverage space, I feel like, you know, many years ago, you didn't really have a lot of options. And now it's become obviously, there are lots of different options. But you know, back in, where did you say 2011? 
Yeah, 2011. So, I mean, yeah, that's, you know, 10 years ago at this point. Like, what were your first ideas in terms of, like, what vitamins to use and what um, flavors to come up with? Like, how did you, how did you start? Yeah, I mean, basically, we knew exactly what we didn't want in the products. So, we didn't want gratuitous amounts of sugar. We didn't want any artificial sweeteners, any artificial colors or flavoring. So, basically, a very clean, natural drink. Um, and then what we would do is I would basically reverse engineer whatever the you know, intended functionality was. So if you look at something like immunity, immunity aid are one of our beverages, you know, what do people take for immunity? Well, they take zinc and echinacea and vitamin C and vitamin D3, all of which you'll happen to find in an efficacious dose inside of an immunity aid. If you're looking at focus aid, you know, I had been taking nootropics, which are popular now, but at the time they weren't, you know, for many, many years. So we put in, you know, a natural caffeine hit with nootropics and that combination created focus aid. Fit aid, what do people take for post-workout recovery and so on and so forth. Party aid, 5-HCP, milk thistle for the liver, B vitamins, electrolytes. So we basically would reverse engineer the formula based on what the intended functionality was and what the target audience was. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That's a, that's a great idea. Um, in terms of like taking vitamins, is this a vitamin replacement or is it like uh, stronger because it's in liquid form or is it not necessarily equal to, you know, taking vitamin E for the day? Yeah, most of our drinks could be a complete replacement, and, you're, and you hit on a, a great point. You do get much higher absorption when you're taking uh, vitamins in liquid form, you know, like, especially if you're taking horse pills, you know, gel tabs and those type of things have better absorption, but some of those packed horse pills really just go through the entire uh, digestive tract, and you don't get much absorption at, at all. It's estimated between 10 and 20% absorption in pill form, where you're getting close to 90% in liquid. Yeah, that's a great point. Okay, so you have this great idea, this great idea for this product. How do you go about getting it manufactured? And did you did you fund the entire thing yourselves? Well, we started out with the King's Ransom of uh, $30,000 each, which is a <laughs> drop in the bucket in the beverage industry. Uh, you know, one thing we've realized is, okay, we need to formulate it, but we also need to get, we knew we wanted to use can as a form factor because cans are the most highly recycled uh, form factor that, that beverages are served in. We, we knew we didn't want to do single serve, single use plastic. And uh, so we called a can manufacturer on the West Coast so at the time was Wrexham. And, and we called the rep for the West Coast. And you got to realize that the beverage industry has a 99% failure rate. Okay. So all the suppliers know that most of these people that come to them are one and done, especially if they haven't been in the industry before. So about two minutes into the phone call, this guy, Kevin, quickly surmises that we're broke. We don't know what we're talking about. We're, you know, we've never been in the industry before. And so uh, he says, look, guys, the minimum run is 202,000 cans. Like, you don't even have enough money for the minimum run. Like, it's not going to happen. And we said, well, look, we read on the internet, there's these things called silver bullets, which are these blank cans that aren't printed on. He goes, yeah, but, you know, everything's made to order. We really don't have those because we're printing on them in real time. Uh, and we said, okay, well, great, you know, appreciate your time, and, you know, we hung up and started brainstorming, going, man, that sucks, like, what are we going to do now, like, we had this great idea, but it looks like it's a non-starter, and uh, I said to Ryan, well, you know, let's send the guy a, a thank you card, handwritten thank you card, and we'll put a hundred dollar uh, Roos Gris uh, gift certificate in it, said, Good Kevin, job. you know, thanks for your time today, you know, P.S., if any silver bullets show up, you know, let us know, hundred dollar uh, steak uh, gift card in there. Well, lo and behold, a week and a half later, we get a phone call. Hey, guys, I got a couple pallets of silver bullets if you want to buy them. So we were off to the races. Wow. So a $100 gift card turned into something that changed your entire life. It did. Changed uh, 
my entire trajectory. Absolutely. Wow. That's incredible. So it shows people really react to uh, thoughtfulness. I don't think it's about the the hundred dollars and I'm sure he's thrilled now he uh, reached back out to you. So yeah, I, mean, I think it goes back to like Seth Godin's book, you know, it's like, uh, you gotta, how do you stand out? You know, I mean, knowing that these type of people are getting hit up a hundred times a day by people that usually won't go anywhere. And those that do put in an order are one and done. Like, how do you stand out from the crowd? And you can apply that same principle in any area of your life or business. Like, how do I make an impression? So I'm not just another number. Absolutely. Okay. So you get these cans made, which, which is awesome. And then do you focus immediately on kind of selling yourselves or, you know, I know you have a, a fitness background. So did you immediately go to local gyms or were you trying to kind of do some sort of D to C back then yourselves? Yeah, we brought the concept to the owner of our flavor house who's still on our board to this day, Darren Ezra from uh, Power Brands. And uh, he had you know, a lot of previous experience in beverage. He was former CEO of Neuro and several other companies. And we showed him the entire lineup, said, look, here's our original idea, which is party aid. But then we have this idea for fit aid because we're in the CrossFit space. Oh, and by the way, we golf once a week. So here's the golf ray concept artwork and immunity aid. And we showed him just all the entire lineup. And he said, look, guys, there's competition in each of the one of these niches, except for golf. I've never heard of a golf drink before. So we actually started with golf raid. Most people don't know that. Yeah. And, uh, wow. So we, those two pallets we got made were of golf raid, uh, really high cost of goods, but we didn't care because we knew we could scale it if, if we could make it work. And every weekend we we're out there pounding the pavement, demoing at golf courses. And we basically closed one at a time, seven golf courses and demoed the crap out of them. So our sales velocities were great at these seven courses. And we took that sell selling story out to investors and raised money based on that. Genius. So was this kind of like a side passion project or were you at this point working on it full time? It was a side project. So um, it was interesting timing because uh, in 2009, when I had met Orion, I was actually just coming out of a bankruptcy. And uh, it was the, probably the lowest, well, probably it was the lowest point in my life. You know, here I am. I'm in my early 30s. I'm a super high income earner. I've got a great business going. Everything's rolling. Let me back up 2007. You know, this is all happening. I'm, everything's great. But I'm looking around and all my buddies from high school that live here in town, they're all paper millionaires because they've all invested in real estate. And some of them I know are making 15 bucks an hour. And I'm like, geez, how are you, you know, have this crazy you know, lifestyle and all this net worth and everybody's making money in real estate. So in 2007, I decided to go literally all in and over leverage myself like a complete idiot in real estate. Well, we all know what happened if you were around then in 2008 and, and nine. And so in 2009 comes around, I have three in, incomplete spec homes that are all like 50 to 80% completed. Um, I've got you know months where I've got 50 grand a month coming in, but 70 going out. So that doesn't last very long. So I file for BK, hit the complete, just the lowest point in my entire life where, you know, like, how, how do you screw this up? I, I mean, I was just perplexed by myself looking in the mirror, just so disappointed. And, uh, you know, but the business, my business, my, my office was still, you know, doing well. And so I was able to keep that going. And, and we had bought, um, and also in, I think 2000, around 2007, somewhere around there, actually before that, a few couple of years earlier, we had bought some property, some raw land here in Santa Cruz, and then we eventually, and it was just rah, rah, off the grid. And we had moved up into uh, a little RV 
uh, uh, on the property. And I told my wife, I said, look, we'll just stay here for, you know, six months to a year and we'll start building our dream home up top. Well, once the BK hits, there's no dream home that comes because I don't have any credit or nor do I have any cash at this point in time. So we're living in an RV, 400 square foot RV with two kids, um, which was challenging. For the first six months, we didn't have any electricity. We didn't have hot water. I'm boiling water on the stove to, for baths and that kind of thing, living out of ice chests. And um, you know, once we start Life Aid in, in 2011, we're still in the RV. I sell my practice and um, Life Aid's not paying us any money at the time. So that's, you know, that's why I said, I, you know, we, we started out of ignorance and passion. Like the ignorant part of it is we, we didn't have enough traction at the time to, to even burn the ships at the shore. But for some reason, we thought that was a good idea. Thank God it worked out. And uh, so I'm, we're literally living off of uh, just a few thousand dollars a, a month that, that I'm being paid for, you know, selling my practice. Well, within it was probably six, seven, eight months. The guy who bought it who was not the right individual. I knew that didn't have the skill set, didn't have the charisma, like nothing, but I was kind of desperate to sell because we both had this agreement, my partner, my business partner and I, that, hey, we're going to sell our office practices and go all in with LifeAid. He stops paying me. So now I have zero income. Oh you know, God. I've got zero credit. I'm still in the RV. We're eating mac and cheese and tuna, you know, basically every night just because it's a $1.50 meal. And things got really grim. You know, they got really tight and really grim for a, a while. But thank God it worked out and, and uh, we were able to turn it around. And, you know, we had some really lean times. And finally, LifeAid was able to pay us $1,000 a month and then $3,000 a month. And I'm here in California, just south of San Francisco. So it's Very not like at some places in the United States where you could yeah. actually live on that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's been, it's been uh, quite the journey. And you're still married, right? <laughs> I am. You know, I, I, I saw that. That's the only reason I asked. Otherwise, it wouldn't yeah, be yeah. appropriate. So kudos to your wife. <laughs> no, totally. I mean, it's actually a really, it, it's kind of funny, but it, it's a good point because I don't know any entrepreneur that could make it if their significant other wasn't in their corner. Because think about this. So awesome. I already be, I already BK. I already promised the dream house, and we're living in an RV. Um, so none of that happens. And then I start this new business, go all in on that after I'm, you know, just starting to rebuild after the BK, rebuild my, you know, my credit, and my income after the BK. And, uh, and then this, and, and this thing's not working out. Like if I was coming home every night and she's like, you piece of crap, like you promised this, you're such yep. an idiot. Like if I, if that was kind of the feedback I'd be getting, I wouldn't be here right now, but yeah, no, you know, awesome. she was consistently, yeah, she was consistently like, it's going to work out. It's going to be okay. No, this is a good idea. Stick with it. You know, and that makes all the difference. Like sometimes when you're like, what am I doing? You know, that little bit of encouragement at home goes a long way. Yeah. And that's obviously at the end of the day, what you're doing it for, you know, I know I, we could go into a whole segment of like how your uh, home life could affect business and all that, but um, totally. yeah, that's yeah. great. Well, I couldn't be happier for you that uh, you're, it's all worked out, but okay. So then you start, you're doing the golf thing that's working out and then do some of the big retailers kind of come to you or, or you kind of aggressively go after them. Is that kind of the next step? Well, we stayed five years uh, without having any retail presence whatsoever. I mean, we started uh, selling really good, you know, Golf Ray was doing great. You know, we got, I think our first year, it was like 250 grand in revenue. And then year two, we were up to like 750. 
but we, where we really started getting traction when we launched FitAid, specifically in the CrossFit community, what we saw was the sell-in, and we were using old-school direct response marketing. So if you know much about marketing, it's like Ogilvy on advertising and like, like Dan Kennedy and like really old-school like snail mail letters and irresistible offers and that type of thing. And what we realized is the sell-in to, to the CrossFit gyms was much easier than golf courses where you have management groups and head pros and food and beverage managers and assistant pros and all these hoops you got to go through. Usually a CrossFit gym's got, you know, one owner type of thing. And so our, even though it was a much smaller piece of business, the trajectory was a lot steeper for CrossFit. So we, we uh, basically, you know, we had three different businesses going on at, at once. We had Golf Raid, which was bringing in most of the revenue. We had Fit Aid and Party Aid, which we launched at pretty much the same time. So we had these three different websites, three different social media oh, wow. accounts. Yeah, yeah. We were keeping them separate for a reason because a golfer isn't a burner, isn't a CrossFitter, right? Like these are three separate. Or maybe they are. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they are in us, but we're kind of unique uh, birds here. But uh, it, um, we, we kept them separate. And it created a lot of stress. I mean, you're going to one event, you got your, you know, you got your Burning Man gear on and then you, you change and you're going up to a golf show with polo shirts and golf shoes. And then you're going to a CrossFit competition with your, you know, your, your Reebok Nanos and, you know, your Lulus on and stuff. So it was this very challenging time. And the problem is when you have three different businesses, so to speak, and three different things drawing pulling your attention, none of them are making it to the extent that they can. And so a good friend of mine and, and mentor, brilliant marketer, Ben Altadonna, you know, he, he pulled me aside and I was really struggling. He knew I was struggling. And he said, look, I'm a member of this marketing group. It's not cheap to join. He said, I will pay for it for you. It's $25,000. Of course, we didn't have anywhere close to that money at the time. He said, just pay me back when you can. I think you guys would get a lot of benefit from it. And, uh, you know, no paperwork, no interest, nothing. Just pay me back when you can. Wow. And, you know, Ben's a super successful guy. And I, I was at, you know, hitting rock bottom. And I'm like, all right, like, if you think it's worth it, like, I'll do it, you know. And so I joined. And the best piece of advice I got was very simple. It's just like, look, you need to choose a single target market. And with that advice, we looked at the business and we go, we need to go all in with Fit Aid and CrossFit. That's where it's at. And we did that and we put every, we let the other two just go on cruise control. And uh, that's why we're here today. I mean, you know, we started ringing the bell in the office when we, a new gym we would open up and, the, you know, first month of really focusing on it, we got like 12 new gyms and we got to 20 and then 30 and then a hundred. And, you know, we had months where we were opening up 250 new gyms every month. And then that's where we got our initial traction, but it took a couple of years to really figure it out. So it sounds like that was a very critical time uh, in the business. So has it kind of been, I'm not going to say it's smooth sailing since then, but has it kind of been like this very kind of steady growth since then, or has it been, you know, still kind of massive up, ups and downs? Oh, high highs and low lows. I mean, yeah. if you look at the beginning and to where we're at, it all looks like it's up and to the right. But what any entrepreneur will tell you, you know, that, that, that lion is anything but straight. It sometimes goes backwards, sometimes goes way down, but hopefully, you know, in the long run, it continues to go up and to the right. So let's fast forward to today, since obviously we could we could dissect every year, it sounds like very, very in depth. But so LifeAid remains an independent brand run by you guys. You are not a subsidiary of a large beverage conglomerate, which I think is very important to note. So 
I'm sure you've been approached by the biggest names in the space. So what made you continue to, to decide to be independent? And has that been difficult to stick by? It hasn't been difficult. I mean, we've got some great private equity partners. Um, yeah, of course, we've had talks with you know all the biggest players, but they don't do a very good job at at, at incubating and, and growing brands. I mean, most some of the biggest brands out there, once they get purchased by the big CPG players, they end up killing them. I mean, Odwalla just got put out of you know got put under by uh, Coca Cola here within the last year. Same with Zico Coconut Water. Uh, which was repurchased by its founder. So the, you know, the big CPG players, the Coke, the Pepsis of the world, et cetera, you know, they, they're great distribution machines, but they don't do great with, with uh, growing, you know, fast growing brands. And plus we stand for the exact opposite of most of those brands. I mean, look, those brands have been getting a free pass for a hundred years, poisoning our kids with sugar water. I mean, chronic disease is higher than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. chronic inflammation, diabetes. I mean, you look at everything. It's all, the trends are all in the wrong direction. Why? Mainly because of liquid sugar, you know? And so that's the type of thing we stand against. So the longer we can remain independent, get people to swap out their energy drinks and sodas for, you know, much cleaner, healthier options. You know, we know we're doing good work in the world. Yeah. I mean, it's like for so many years, the kind of the goal I feel for so many brands was to end up selling to, you know, the Coke or the Pepsis or whatever's the giant in their space. But it's kind of like now I feel like a lot of really successful brands are realizing they can, they can do it on their own. And it gives you still like full ownership and control over, like you just said, like what's in your product. Like, what do you think is going to enable you to keep growing the brand without, you know, with competing with like such big giants? Well, we need to continue to be heads down, focused on execution. I mean, I'm all about, uh, you know, making emotional deposits in, in all interactions in life and especially with our customers and really continuing to grow it slow and steady and organically. I mean, we've grown at a pretty good clip, but, you know, we're not, uh, we're not focused on top line growth at all costs. We're focused on, you know, running a sustainable, smart business. And I think us both coming from small, really small business backgrounds, helped in that you know we look at things a little bit differently than some of the bigger brands do and who knows maybe there's an ipo in the future uh, for us or you know there's uh, never been a greater appetite in public markets for better for you brands and, and we see a lot of those brands uh, doing good things on the public markets right now yeah that would be i, ho I hope that happens for you that would be great um, I read the blog post on your article, 2020, your highs and lows in hindsight, very cute. Um, and it's a great, it's a really great article, you know, basically stressing how you can't predict black swan events, which obviously nobody was expecting this to happen. But um, what, what do you think was the biggest lesson that 2020 taught you? And um, how were you able to keep going with not laying anybody off? And um, how have things turned around in 2021? Yeah, I mean, 2020 was a challenging year for all of us in different ways. Um, for me, you know, it hit personally in a couple of big ways. I, I lost two uh, two friends of mine in 2020, and you know, my property that that I lived on, that the story that I, that I uh, told you earlier, um, burned down. You know, after 17 years of working that property and, and building three houses on it, and outdoor kitchens, and a gorgeous tree house and dance floor and yeah um the california fires back in august came through and 
and we were right at the epicenter of it. And, uh, and literally it was got so hot, it melted everything to the ground. My RV, my boat, all my vehicles, my motorcycles, um, even killed deer in their path. You know, deer couldn't even get escape the flames. There were deer everywhere, cooked squirrels everywhere. Uh, so what did it teach me? And then, you know, dealing with everything that was going on with COVID and the shutdowns at work and, you know, change. Um, tell me something really interesting in, in retrospect things and i this is you know i this could likely be uh, put to all aspects of life but it's more of a you know high level type of observation things that we believe are permanent like this desk that i'm sitting at right now or you know the home improvements that we do and you know for me we had six acres it was like okay i'm gonna invest in the property because that house will be for our kids someday over there and they can live there debt free without having to go into big housing debt and you know things that we believe have permanence really aren't permanent by definition all material things are impermanent they have a beginning and an end like everything that we're looking at right now uh wherever you are will eventually turn to dust you know it's not a morbid thing it's just that's what happens you know give it enough time it may not be today or tomorrow or next year but 100 years a thousand years from now it'll all be gone it'll all be different and the things that we think are temporary or don't have consequence, um, like our thoughts, our words, and sometimes even our actions are the things that actually have a permanent trajectory to them. You can never unthink something. You can never unsay something. You can never undo un, uh, an, an act. And, and so it gave me a different perspective to be uh, extremely mindful of the inputs that I allow into my life and into my mind and be very mindful of the uh, resonating thoughts that I allow to uh, inhabit, you know, my headspace and, and the type of words that I use in really eliminating uh, negativity, negative talk, uh, negation, soft talk. One training that, that we do uh, with our employees here, our team, at LifeAid is, is we run them through a vocabulary course where we teach people to, to eliminate soft talk out of their lives. The I might, I can't, I, I should, I maybe, you know, all the soft words that are non-committal, uh, the negations, the I can'ts, I won'ts, I shouldn'ts, you know, get rid of the negations. What are we going to do? Let's focus on what we can do, you know, and being very mindful that, hey, if I'm allowing garbage in from an input perspective, I'm gonna have garbage out. You know, what are those thoughts that are occupying my mind? If I'm not getting a result that I'm happy with, then it's because I am making poor decisions that have allowed that result to manifest. So making better decisions. I mean, I, I distill it down that everything in life is as simple as the decisions that we make. I mean, it's easy to create excuses. And I believe, truly believe that all excuses now are, are basically hitting a glass ceiling of the victim mindset. You know, oh, I want to lose weight, but I have bad genetics or, you know, my parents were overweight or this or that. It's like, no, no, no. Clean up your diet. Don't hit the snooze bar at 5 a.m. Get your ass up, you know, do your yoga, go for your walk stay true to that. And 12 months later, you will lose weight. It's about decisions. Everything in life is about decisions. And it really hit me, you know, smack right in the face when I was going, woe is me, my house is burned and all this time and money that I've put over the last, you know, almost two decades is all gone. It's like, 
look, things happen for a reason, you know, embrace it. The obstacle is truly the way. And uh, so now I, you know, I, I welcome adversity. I welcome obstacles with open arms because I know that there's growth at the end of all of that. Well, that was one of the most inspirational uh, thoughts I've ever heard, actually. So that was amazing. Do you feel like having that mindset and as a leader, like you've really embedded that into the culture in the workplace? And do you feel like that's also why the brand's so successful, like really building a culture that kind of emulates your mindset? Absolutely. Culture is going to develop whether you concentrate and put effort into it or not. I mean, I've tried everything you can try under the sun, every every course book, every, you know, conference, like every breathing technique, mindset, all of it. And some of it's BS, but some of it for me has real legitimacy and has changed my entire trajectory. So I feel obligated to share that with our community here, starting with our community here at LifeAid. And look, I don't, you know, I'm not a dogmatic guy that says, hey, you know, do this or else. It's like, here, this is what works for me. Try it out. If it works, great, stick with it. And a lot of our team has incorporated things like the five-minute journal every morning, which has made a big difference in some people's lives, or Wim Hof breathing, or cold plunges, or, you know, meditation. Like, these type of things do work. You need to find what works for you because your daily trajectory or your your morning trajectory dictates your daily trajectory which dictates your weekly monthly and yearly trajectory and what happens after 10 years i mean those changes make a massive difference over time but most people are so concerned about how quickly things are happening the velocity how quickly things are happening they shouldn't be concerned about how quickly they're happening you should be concerned about the trajectory do the right things over time and good things will happen eventually. I promise you. I promise you. Luck is just continuing to grind and do the right things, put in the work, and you will get quote unquote lucky. Yeah, you are just the epitome of an entrepreneur. And uh, yeah, your success is definitely not entirely luck, but definitely a right, right timing and right place. Um, so let's talk about new product ideas and kind of what's on the horizon for the brand. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, just launched our dreaming, uh, powder stick line product, uh, part of our powder stick line, which has been a great success. I mean, sleep deprivation is uh, plaguing a lot of the United States, you know, we're getting, especially through COVID being overstimulated with screen time and too much Netflix. So that product's been really great for us. Um, We've got um, some innovation we're working on right now with uh, potentially a, a clean energy um, a fit aid uh, line, uh, which we're excited about. Um, and really making the current skew, the current lineup of fit aid and focus aid, immunity aid, party aid, life aid, uh, really work at retail and uh, continue to, to, to partner with our retail partners and our, our gyms and our direct consumer. Each part of the business is doing really well right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, we've got 30,000 retail partners, all that need attention around the U S and, and internationally, we just bought our, uh, international distributor in both, um, the EU and in Australia, New Zealand. So we've got, uh, grown the team quite a bit now, uh, over the last uh, few months and we're hiring another, you know, 10, 15 people on the team as we speak. So lots going on, lots of wheels turning, but uh, super excited about our, our current trajectory and focus. 
Amazing. Well, hopefully the applicants don't say uh, I should in their in their application process. They'll get called out on it for sure. They, they know that that's uh, one of my pet peeves. I bet. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. For people who are not familiar with uh, LifeAid and yourself, where can I direct them? Yeah, for LifeAid, you can always go to our website, LifeAid, A-I-D, LifeAidBevCo.com. Uh, our most popular Instagram account is at FitAid. And then for me, all my handles, uh, Instagram, I'm most active on or LinkedIn, at Aaron, A-A-Ron, Hind, H-I-N-D-E. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to leave a review and subscribe to all future episodes. For show notes and resources mentioned, go to glamandgrow.co. This show is produced by Wavebreak. If you're an e-commerce marketing leader who wants to take your email and CRM program to the next level, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co. Thanks so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Wavebreak. Most brands don't email right and it costs them. With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call.